You are listening to the Devoted Dreamers podcast, and I'm your host, Merit Ansa, and I am here to serve you. I've heard you say that you don't have the time you used to have prior to the pandemic. So that's why today you're getting what I'm calling a 20-minute pivot session. It's with a guest or maybe even a return guest, if you're lucky, talking about what she's learned as a result of our world being turned upside down by the coronavirus pandemic. I truly believe that the progress we make in deepening our faith in Jesus does not come through our success and joy, but through our trials and disappointments, our failures and tears. In those times when I'm so deeply struggling, that's when I've cried out to him the most. That's when I've been the most available to hear from the Lord and actually have been better able to see his work in my life. There's just a different sense of an awareness when you're really, really desperately needing Jesus. So I just want you to know that wherever you are right now, if your dream feels dead, if you're confused about which way to turn, if this crisis has you feeling like you've been dropped into the wilderness, you need to know you are never alone. Jesus is with you in it. He sees you and he is using this trial to draw you to himself. Even if all you've got right now is silence from him, keep listening, keep pursuing, pray and ask him to speak a little bit louder and then trust that he will. I also think this is an amazingly great time, this crisis that we're in for innovation. So I hope that you'll gain some encouragement and insight with today's episode as you listen to this sweet sister in Christ talk about what this experience has been like for her and how she is learning to shift in her God-shaped dream. Hey, dreamers, welcome to this pivot session with Beth Bruno. She was a guest back in episode 81. We were just talking about how that's been at least a couple of years ago now, but that episode repeated this past summer, so you may have heard it. But she talked about, and we talked about um, way back then, mining your story for the dream God has given you. And Beth is here to talk about how she's pivoted as a result of the pandemic. Beth, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Merritt. Good to be here again. Yeah, it's so lovely to get to chat with you again. And um, would love to have you share with the audience who maybe are coming to you and to um, us, you know, without knowing much of your background. So can you talk about... Um, a little bit about yourself and then what your dream looked like prior to the pandemic. Well, I think two, two and a half years ago when we talked, I was still deeply involved in anti-human trafficking work uh, locally and was had a vision for stepping out of that and was kind of in a year-long exit strategy, I think. And I had also just launched a book on raising strong girls and kind of a year-long rites of passage that moms can do with daughters. And so that was almost three years ago now, and a lot has changed in some ways as I began to um, step out of the human trafficking work. My husband and I were, were trying to simplify, and we had dreams, big dreams for our future, and just felt so stuck in our reality. And so one of the strategies that we started talking about back then was what would it look like to come together and build a business and a ministry that would open doors for us to really do what we want to do in the future. And unless we focus together now and pool our energy together now, we just knew that future would be far, far longer uh, to get to than we had than we wanted. And so as I closed the human trafficking organization, I came more fully on board with the counseling center that my husband had already been running for years. And I started just 
putting my energy into it and dreaming about what it would look like if one day he wasn't uh, tied to weekly individual client sessions and we had something that could still impact people and make a difference in our community, but would allow us some more freedom uh, for our time and our family, our finances. And so that's been years in the making and it's part of the pivot that ended up happening. Um, but that's kind of where I was two years ago and and part of where I find myself today. Yeah, that's such a um, great reminder of where we were and where you were and to know that the shift was beginning before it really had to with the pandemic. Yes. So yeah. fascinating how God prepares us like that. And that is what it felt like for me. Like when it, when the pandemic happened and lots of things needed to change really quickly, I felt like the ideas had already taken root and now it was kind of forcing our hand to actually do something about it. And that was really scary, which is probably why we had delayed actually doing those things. And back, you know, March and April, it just became now is the time. And it's really a now or never kind of decision. So I was appreciative of, of those years of kind of the prep of, of what then happened in the spring. Do you know kind of what you were most fearful about in wanting to make that big shift? So there's the, I, you know, Merit, I'm always wearing more than one hat. <laughs> so <laughs> I just talked about the counseling and I'm, you know, I mentioned the book, but in addition to the counseling center, I just have this, I've had this passion for raising young women and raising them to be fierce and lovely. And I had that book and I had started a podcast. And I, I just didn't know what to do with all of that. Um, so there was kind of that on one hand and that ministry of mine parallels a ministry my husband does to men and fathers in a similar way. And so I had that and I had the counseling center and we knew that, you know, we didn't want to be the kind of people that needed to speak at events every weekend and travel around to conferences in order to sell books or, you know, have an impact. We just knew that wasn't the kind of life we wanted to live, but we wanted to have a ministry. We wanted to still reach people with a message of intentional parenting. And so we had begun to learn about online courses and online membership communities. We knew about those things prior to the pandemic, but it felt so scary, so daunting to actually create something. And I think the biggest fear I had, Merit, was who am I? Who am I to you know, put something out there and ask people to, to pay to be a part of it or to join it. it. It felt so different than a book and even different than a counseling session. It, it just felt like I am putting myself out there in the big leagues and that I need to get over this imposter syndrome before I'm going to feel confident enough to say go on that. And so that was probably the biggest fear I faced. So did you get over it? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was one of those, I, we have to do something. So it came first with the counseling. Um, so in March, when everything shut down, we had a team of 16 counselors working for us around the country who all needed to go virtual 100% immediately ASAP. And shifting all of them to a virtual space helped us begin to think about all the things we could offer in a virtual space. So our groups went virtual, our, our therapy groups, and then we realized, you know, now's the time to take some of the things we, were, we already were teaching um, and turn them into courses. So my husband had 
um, a whole kind of men addicted to having sexual addiction and, and pornography recovery. He had a ton of teaching around that. We turned that into a course. So it just, it began in the counseling center. And then as I learned the platform and realized, I, I think I can do this technologically, uh, maybe it's time to create those spaces for the, for the moms and push into really doing that ministry to moms raising tween and teen girls. Like I had begun to, to get more clarity around and think that's really what I'm supposed to be doing. And with the counseling, kind of all that I was learning in that space, it allowed me to really finally say yes to the parenting space. Yeah, so I feel like I hear you saying that it was a matter of just trying things, doing them, and even if you still felt a bit of that imposter syndrome, you were learning and growing along the way because you had never done this before. Right. And I think, Merit, it was maybe the environment back in March and April. I say it as if it was like years away. Doesn't it feel like it was years away? <laughs> but there was this climate where we all went online. We all went into Zoom. Everyone shifted to, to continue on with their business on you know, on virtual platforms. And so there's a lot of grace in that. I felt like there's maybe things that I would have had so much respect for kind of their external appearance who were taking their stuff online and they were in their bedroom too. And it just lowered the bar, I think. And it allowed that maybe just that little bit more grace to feel like, okay, I can do this too. God's put something on my heart. The, the, all I can do is steward that well and offer it up. Um, and I think it was the climate around us that helped propel yeah. me forward. Yeah. I totally remember that. I mean, like people were doing newscasts in there. Yes. Bedroom, living room, office. It's like, oh, right. We're all in the same boat. <laughs> yes. Yes. Fascinating. Okay. Well, talk about then, like, what was it that you began to create and implement and, and shift as you mm -hmm. were pivoting to this new world that we were living in? Yeah. Well, like I said, we just didn't want to be stuck. And <laughs> I, that sounds so negative, but we really wanted to create good things in our own timing. <laughs> and I think that that strong desire came, has come out of 10 years of my husband being very tied to weekly appointments with clients and not having the freedom to leave that hardly ever. And so that just became so wearisome for us. We wanted to create something that felt like it offered us freedom. Like that was probably our biggest goal was some time freedom. And that's becoming more and more normal. We're, we're just hearing more and more stories of people who are working from the road out of their RV or, you know, working from whatever country they're going to stay in for the summer. And that was so appealing to us. And so we knew that to do that, we needed to create some online sustainable revenue, this reoccurring revenue. And we knew that, like, there were different price points in all of that. Parenting, maybe not like people wouldn't necessarily invest a lot in themselves to become better parents. So we were trying to think about what can we offer that's more of a pain point that would generate 
more revenue initially. And we realized marriage is a huge thing. And a lot of our couples coming through the counseling center um, don't necessarily want to go, you know, to do weekly marriage counseling, don't need that necessarily, especially for long-term, but they sure want to do more than just read a book or attend a conference once a year. And so how could we create something that was in the middle um, for people? And we, so that was the first thing we did was we created a marriage membership community. Um, we called it the Thrive Marriage Lab. And we created this, this whole thing where couples could, could interact with, with our counselors, with each other on a weekly basis. And that was kind of when we saw that that worked, that people liked that concept, that they were willing to invest in themselves in that way, it kind of blew open <laughs> our dreams to think, wow, this is it. Like we could really create different things to meet people's different needs like this. So we started there and, um, oh my gosh, it's been so fun. It's just been fun to hear the, the responses, the life change. And so that's where we began. And then we started with, we did other just one-off courses. Um, I started uh, a loving teen girls in 2020 course. It's seven issues that girls face. And I got seven different experts to, to create little mini um, sessions and I released it over seven days. So that's a self-standing course that moms, or it actually it was designed for anyone who has a teen girl in their life, youth group leader, pastor, mother, father, grandma, et cetera. And that was really fun. And then I decided, okay, people need ongoing engagement. And that's when I decided to finally launch the Fierce and Lovely Moms membership community, which is, again, a monthly subscription for moms and daughters to just get it a deeper connection with one another. And so that's been running throughout the summer. And I'm just closing 2020 to new members um, early fall and I've learned so much, Merit, about how to do all of that and where I've gone wrong and where I need to improve and what's working well. But uh, I just have so much hope for the future. For I feel like the pandemic made me pivot and I took some big risks and it was scary. And I've allowed myself the grace to fail and learn. And I've really viewed this season as just learn and grow, learn and grow for tweaking, improving, and really perfecting something that could eventually really, really become the thing that helps us reach our goal, which is just more of that time freedom. I feel like that's what we all want, right? Mm -hmm. To not be tied to something that keeps us from the people we love. What a great story. (laughs) I love it. So um, you said that you've learned a lot. You took um, some big risks. What felt like the biggest thing to let go of? In the, in the pivot, you mean? Or to say no to, or, you know, like, what did you, or maybe that was already done for you, right? <laughs> I mean, that's where I'm, that I paused because I was thinking, well, gosh, so much was removed that I had no choice in, you know, our calendar just emptied out. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And I was thinking when you were talking that um, the book that you wrote when we talked two and a half, three years ago mm-hmm. was so much about 
taking your daughter um, kind of on these um, experiences together over a year's time. And yet, you know, since March, going places and doing things really hasn't been an option. So I love that this was the outcome for you all because it's still aligned with where your heart was for moms and daughters. Mm-hmm. Yes, it did. It did help me to refocus um, and just to still speak into intentionality with our girls. And what does that look like in this kind of a season? But I, but in terms of what I had to say no to or, or give up, I think that was done for me. And that's probably part of what allowed this to happen was some new space that was opened up for me to really create. And, um, and there was a sense of urgency, a, a feeling of this feels like a really big window that just opened up wide for these sorts of things that we want to create. We better, let's do it now. And see how it goes instead of, instead of, I think if I had started now when everyone's getting really fatigued with Zoom Mm. (laughs) and tired of living their entire lives online, I'm not sure that we would have seen such success um, in all of our launches. So I'm glad that we, we did it fast and furious in the spring um, and really took advantage of that time. Good for you. That's awesome. (laughs) So what, what words would you share with the person who's listening and thinking, I don't know what to do with my dream. Like maybe she hasn't started yet or is still kind of, you know, defining what that dream looks like. What words would you share with her? It's funny that a lot of the words had don't in front of them. <laughs> that just came to my mind. <laughs> I want to say don't hustle because um, it's not worth it. And um, even though I just said, I'm glad we went fast and furious, there, there was a sense of two and a half years in the making um, where I was ready to go fast and furious. And so there's something beautiful about just waiting and allowing the dream to percolate and take root and grow in your heart and get clarity. So now I'm using lots of words, Merit. I'm so sorry. Clarity, um, rootedness, and patience. Maybe those words would be good. Yeah. No, that's great. Yeah, because the last thing I want is somebody to listen to this and say, oh, well, I missed it. My, you know. Beth Mm -hmm. took off in March and April and I had no idea. And so, yeah, I mean, I do think it depends on where you are and, um, you know, the time available, which a lot of us do not have the time Mm -hmm. that we, or, or it feels like we don't because we are managing students at home or little ones, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. um, or jobs plus schooling plus family, you know, that. Right. Right. I do appreciate those words. Yes. And I'm speaking of one particular industry that opened up in the spring for great possibility, but there are many things that I think in this new world, we're, we're entering a whole new world. There, we're doing life completely differently. What else will open up for other industries that I don't? I have no category for. But a woman listening to to this is going to think 
she's going to have an idea, a creative idea. She's going to seize that opportunity in some beautiful ways. And I just, I can't even speak to that because I have no idea what that is. I can only speak to my industry and what I saw in this season. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the truth for all of us is that God is sovereign over it. And so I love what you said about um, rootedness and patience. And if you don't know yet what your dream is or how it can shift um, in this new life that we're living to just lean into him and rest in him and allow him to reveal it to you. Well, Beth, this has been super fun. Thank you so much for coming back on the podcast and um, sharing your story. It was encouraging for me to hear and um, to get to connect with you again. And I hope for the listener as well. Thanks for having me, Merritt. All right. Have a great one. Thanks for listening today. Don't let the conversation end here. Let's connect over in the Devoted Dreamers Insiders group on Facebook. We're building a sweet community of dreamers so no one has to walk this road alone. You can find the group at bit.ly slash dreamer group. I'll see you in there. Whoa.